is the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Live from the Tap House Grill in Montgomery. Now alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, here's your host, Nick Brunker. All right, we are back at Tap House Grill. Happy New Year, everybody. Glad you are with us alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. I'm Nick Brunker. A busy night to get to as we have an hour of hockey conversation and we certainly have to first start off the show by giving everybody in the house a big round of applause for joining us on Saturday, helping us set the record 12,228. We're in the house to watch Cincinnati battle Fort Wayne, a record for regular season, third largest ever. I got to ask, right off the bat leading out to, of the show, what was it like watching that game from the bench in that type of an atmosphere? It, it starts in warm-up when, uh, you know, we go to the bench to watch warm-up and you're looking up and you see, like, couple thousand people up in the upper deck you're like wow this is gonna be great tonight like you i, I have a feeling uh night tonight whenever we go out for warm-up what the crowd's gonna be like when you see you know 200 people in warm-up you're kind of like "Ooh, this is gonna be a tough <laughs> one tonight. uh but that night was like wow the upper decks already got people and we already told there's gonna be at least six seven thousand people uh when we came out for that game and that that Tremendous national anthem that was presented that night was uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> couple of couple American uh, Connie's American over there. He understands what I'm talking about. That was a tremendous rendition, and then uh, twelve thousand two hundred was absolutely phenomenal in, uh, crowd to play in front of. As we look to the rest of the week, obviously there are, are many things to discuss, Cyclones-related and NHL-related. I guess we'll start off, uh, when it comes to the hockey questions, what is going on, at least in terms of the Cyclones' effect, on what is about to unfold in the NHL with the, uh, the story that broke, I think, sometime around, uh, what, 5 o'clock the other day, uh, that things were about official, and now it seems like January 19th is the day uh, that the National Hockey League is going to resume, perhaps training camp, by some reports, will begin as early as this Saturday. The million-dollar question that I've been asked more times in the last 48 hours is, how does this affect the Cyclones? Answer away. Ah, wow. If anybody's got any friends or relatives that play hockey, give me a call. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. We're we're uh, you know we're losing two players today: Anthony Boteto and uh, Andre Bouvet Morissette are going up to uh, uh, Milwaukee, along with Josh Shallow, who got called up the other day, and he got called up from a injury standpoint, not a lockout type situation. And then uh, uh, right now we're just sort of um, waiting uh, until actual word gets down of when training camp starts from what you understand saturday sunday saturday might be physical sunday camp starts with uh, the florida panthers nashville predators mm -hmm. we are going to be losing a couple forwards uh a defenseman and 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 maybe two goaltenders uh we go from three goalies to looking for an emergency backup i mean we're going to be in good shape we've got three um somebody is going to be uh you know whether it's Hauser or foster is going to be playing um, so My pads are still in the in the back room if you need me. Nick Brunker might be backing up yeah, with the radio in hand this weekend. I will broadcast live from the crease, coming to you live between the pipes on the Cyclones Radio Network. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're still preparing for losing players, but we're not exactly mm -hmm. sure how it's going to happen. Wednesday night, we should we are going to be good. Uh, we'll have, uh, obviously, Anthony Potato and uh, Andre Bouvet-Morissette will not be in our lineup. Uh, we've, we're going to be bringing in two players for Wednesday, but uh, 
you know, Josh Burkholz may be available. Uh, Matthew Aubin might be available. We're still sort of in an injury situation with us. But yep. come Thursday, Friday, we're going to really get down to where we're at with uh, the call-ups to uh, San Antonio, Florida. I got to think, too, that you, you look at the, way, at the way the standings are right now. Certainly, uh, as you look at, at Toledo and, and Fort Wayne creeping up on you, but really uh, the Eastern Conference as a whole it has been relatively close uh, all season long, it, it is nice to know that as much as you don't know where things are going in the next two weeks or beyond, that you've set yourself uh, up pretty well, at least in terms of getting early wins, taking advantage of the opportunities. Of course, well, any any coach would like to, to have more. You'd like to be undefeated if you can. Yet, at the same time, you got to be happy with how you are at right now, where you're at in the standings, going into what is a very uncertain time. Well, you said it right on, Nick. Is it's your start, and you know, going seven zero and two is huge. Uh, regardless of what happens or what's happened, or as we move forward, uh, it, it puts you in a place. Uh, you know, are we right now? We're first place, tied with Toledo. I think we've missed some opportunities. Absolutely, I think. Uh, uh, last uh, last week in Toledo, or sorry, uh, Kalamazoo, uh, crazy game, two goals that maybe shouldn't have gone in, but, you know, whatever, it, it's yep. fine. We lost that hockey game. Uh, you know, winning in Fort Wayne, good solid game, good effort by uh, Michael Hauser and all our guys. And then, uh, you know, Saturday night was a tough loss. You know, in front of that crowd and uh, losing that hockey game was a tough loss. And then, of course, last night. Uh, so a few missed opportunities, but I think the start set, you know, keeps you going. You know, we're right. still first in the division. We have work ahead of us. I mean, we're still a lot of hockey left. I mean, we're only we're not even halfway yet. Uh, we're going through a little bit of adversity right now, like other teams are. Toledo lost seven players today. Um, yep. You know, we're all uh, <laughs> well. Hey, clap for them now boo for us in about three days so. yeah. yeah it's, it's gonna get <laughs> um, interesting you know it's it, it's one of those things that there's a lot of uncertainty right now so i think the start is everything i mean going seven oh and two to start puts us in a position to continually do what we got to do and uh, uh again there's games that we shouldn't have won there's games that i felt this week that we we had opportunities to win that we should have won so uh, it works itself out and what you got to rely on the players i mean it relies on the players the people you have and uh I think the two guys here that uh, are coming here tonight, Andrew Conboy and Taylor Ellington, were moves that uh, I felt were important for us. I, I think the first one, Andrew Conboy, um, you know, knew about him before, obviously in American Hockey League with the Hamilton Bulldogs. And uh, anybody that goes after our captain and jumps him like that, I want <laughs> on our <laughs> hockey team. <laughs> so, um, you know. We'll address I, that coming up with yeah. him. <laughs> So I think it's important. You know, I think Andrew Andrew provides uh, uh, leadership for our team. I think he provides some size and a, and a character guy that uh, yep. is a great teammate. And I think what Taylor provides for us is a guy that uh, helps with our power play. And, again, another phenomenal person in our locker room. And I think the most important at our level is having good people in your room. I think uh, uh, it's such a long grind. And with the, the transition from player to player and call-ups and stuff like that, I think it's so important to have yep. – good people and quality people in your room and I think we've provided we've we've done that with uh Andrew Conboy and uh Taylor Ellington so uh 
I couldn't be happier about uh, bringing those two guys in, and now it's about just uh, figuring out this next week and then uh, moving forward. Uh, we have also been asked uh, several times, and when I say we, I mean myself and, and a lot of others in the, uh, in the Cyclones area, uh, front office-wise, about on Twitter, uh, what happens with the future consideration deals? I mean, there's a lot of those out there, and obviously, as I've tried to explain through Twitter, sometimes future considerations doesn't necessarily mean a player, but it could be a cash consideration. That's kind of how it goes in certain scenarios. For those that don't know, maybe explain the situation. Who I is available, at least in terms of, of guys coming back later? Are there still one player available, two, three? How does it go from here? Futures in this league are kind of, uh, you know, they can go either way. I mean, we're, we're owed a player by Orlando. Am I counting on that to put us over the top? No. I think uh, what, what, what happened in uh, Connie's situation, uh, probably uh, unbeknownst to him, is that, you know, Andrew Convoy, I traded Andrew Convoy to Wheeling. And the reason I traded Andrew Convoy to Wheeling is because I knew I had a good trading partner. Or Hotham? Or, sorry. Andrew Hoffman. Gonna say Connie. breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> First show, Andrew. last show. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I traded Andrew uh, Hotham to uh, Wheeling because I had a good trading partner in uh, Clark Donatelli. And I think the thing with uh, future considerations, they're so vague. They're just absolutely vague, and they depend on who you're dealing with. So. When I had a deal, Andrew Convoy, or, sorry, I keep saying it, Andrew Hotham, <laughs> Hotham, Hotham, Andrew Hotham to Wheeling, uh, it was a situation where Andrew wasn't happy with his ice time, and, uh, um, you know, I knew he was a, a commodity. I was trying to make a deal at the time. It didn't work out. I knew I could trade him to Wheeling, knowing that Clark Donatelli um, is a good trading partner. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm giving you a good defenseman. you got to do something for me in the near future mm -hmm. and when the time came uh, I was able to get him a defenseman and, and acquire Andrew Convoy and I think from my standpoint I think that's a phenomenal trade for us I think it's a, such an upgrade it's such a quality trade for us and uh, um, you know it, it made sense now we still owed we're still owed a um, futures from Orlando which comes from San Francisco am I banking on that a player putting us over the top? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I'm looking for a body at some point that's going to help us out. Yep. I mean, it's such a, you know, to say trades, we look at the NHL level and you talk about trades and upgrading. At, at this level, um, you know, it, it's all about necessity because teams' needs change on a daily basis. Yeah. I need a defenseman one week and then I need a, fo a forward the next week. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, we have a, a futures out there with uh, Orlando via San Francisco. Am I expecting much? No. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, when you make trades, like when you trade Matt Siska to Orlando, uh, Matt Siska is a great player. We got to remember where we were at the time. Uh, he had to go. You know, yeah. we, we had to get rid of him. We, we had no room. And, you know, could we use him right now? 100%. I'd take Matt Siska, Mike Leambus, uh anybody I've traded at this point where we're diminished. But, you know, you can't look at it and say, well, why did we get rid of that guy? Because we had 25 guys here, we're only allowed 23. Right, with no knowledge yeah. of, of, and you can assume all you want, but there was no plan in place that, okay, on January uh, the, the 7th, you're going to find out that the lockout is over yeah. and you're going to have to plan accordingly then. You had to play the hand you were dealt at the time. Yeah, and, and all those trades were made with a purpose. They right. all, And I feel that we did the best we could. And uh, 
I think the, with the Andrew Hotham trade going to Wheeling and now getting Andrew uh, uh, Conboy is a great trade. And, of course, with Maury Edwards, uh, I, you know, I can't say enough about Mo. Uh, Mo did a great job here for a year and a half. He's such a quality person. He did such a great job for us. But at the end of the day, when this trade was uh, made, uh, I feel we got the best player in the trade. There's hands down we got the best player in the trade. Yep. And uh, we got to watch Taylor Ellington last year a lot in Kalamazoo and then somewhat in Chicago when we hated him. <laughs> and then um, we actually acquire them this year. So, yeah. um, you know, at the, you know, when you when trades are happen, you got to look at do we get the best player? And and I agree, hundred percent, we got the best player in the trade. You've been involved in hockey for a long time, and this this year is so unique in so many ways, especially with. Uh, the way the lockout is is apparently going to end and how the new deal is in place and how uh, there are going to be all kinds of players uh, looking at, at contracts. And I, I can't even begin to talk about all the different storylines that are in place. But a as somebody who's been around the game a long time, uh, this is a, a very big crossroads for the sport of hockey. Would you agree? Do you think that, I mean, think about the argument that, okay, in eight more years, is that going to be another lockout? And then what happens? I mean, at the proverbial kicking the can down the road, it doesn't seem like not either side wanted to do that. Where do you see this deal for the sport of hockey setting things up for the future? You know, I think the best thing is sport of hockey right now is no apologies from the players, no apologies from the owners, just drop the puck. I think that yeah. is the best thing because... None of you want to hear an apology from the NHLPA saying, sorry, uh, we had to do what we had to do. Nobody wants to hear that because it's not, it's not genuine. I think the best thing the National Hockey League and the NHL Players Association can do is just drop the puck and let's go. Nobody, you guys don't want to hear an apology. Right. Nobody wants to hear an apology. Uh, hear your side. I don't care. At this point, I'm in the business. I don't care who won. I don't care who lost. Um, let's play hockey. Let's watch National Hockey League. Let's watch the best players in the world compete against each other. And let's watch a 50-48 game race to the Stanley Cup. And I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be exciting. Certainly uh, over the next few weeks we'll have more details on who is where and, and health-wise of both parent clubs for the Cyclones. And certainly as the effect uh, trickles down to the Cyclones, we'll have it all for you on CyclonesHockey.com and all of our Twitter and, and Facebook uh, outlets. Uh, getting back to the Cyclones for a bit, a guy that I think has gone a little bit under the radar in terms of, of playing out of position, he's a leader, we know that, Dan Eves, uh, has been called upon to be a defenseman in an area where a lot of times uh, over the last three or four or five games, you've been short-staffed there. And, you know, for, for a guy who is not normally a D-man, he seemed to keep it simple and play very well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think when, uh, you know, sometimes it's scary to put it a forward at defense because, um, you know, basically forwards are bad defensemen. You know, <laughs> when you look at it, uh, that's why they're playing forward because they can't play defense. Ellie, am I right? 100%. Fair point. Right? <laughs> so it, it's very difficult to put a forward at defense. Um, but, you know, I think Eves, he does a great job. I mean, I always laugh sometimes when forwards uh, or defensemen are like, if you need me at forward, uh, I can do it. I'll forecheck whatever you watch them just run around like maniacs and get <laughs> nothing accomplished, and they think it's so easy. And But it, it's very difficult to play defense. It is, you know, besides goaltending, we won't even talk about that, but playing so defense is such a hard position to play. It is very difficult. It is There's so many details to it, and uh, to ask a forward to do it is, is, is extremely tough. So 
for Dan Eves to step back and, and play defense, I think he, he does a great job, keeps it simple, moves it up. It's not something you want to do long term. Right. I think when you, you have five defensemen and you need a sixth, I think a guy like Dan Eves can fill in. David Pican got a shorthanded goal over the weekend, and uh, obviously he has been a guy points-wise that has continued to, to amp up his game. He's got multi-point games a handful of times this season, points in 8 of 10. Uh, tell me how you feel he has played and what kind of an impact a rookie still developing as a professional has meant to your club. Well, he, he's meant a lot because, um, you know, one thing about Pac-Man is that, you know, he hasn't been put in an offensive situation since he's gotten here. Like, he's played limited power play. Uh, and every time I look at the, the scoring, he's he's one of our top scorers. Yep. And he's not been put in a, a situation to succeed offensively. You know, he's always been our third-line guy. He's killed penalties. Scores points on shorthanded. Yep. Uh, finds ways to score five-on-five. Five. So... Really, uh, a credit to him is that he's not been put in a situation to succeed offensively. So, um, you know, he's done a great job. I mean, you know, he's a young guy. Uh, he, you know, he takes takes times off. He, 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 he like every young guy, you got to keep him going. And, and a lot of these young guys are always looking up ahead, you know, what's happening with the big club. And right. Or the, the B club, I guess. It's not <laughs> the big club. But... Uh, uh, you know, I think Pac-Man's done a great job. I think he's uh, he's provided a lot for us. He's a big body. He, he kills penalties, and now he's gotten on the power play some, but finds a way to get points and provide, and he scores some big goals for us this year. Uh, I've asked Matt McDonald about this on the pregame show on Sunday. We talked about it just briefly, and and uh, and that was a, a subject of, of the mental situation for some of these guys like Pac-Man and, and Willie and, and a bunch of the prospects on both sides of the tree. Uh I know that it, it's one of those things where they're wanting to see what happens. They're wondering how things go uh, at the NHL level and how that's going to affect them. It seems, though, that the focus is really not that. When you ask players, and I've asked a few off the air about well, what do you think is going on, they're like, I'm not really worried about it. I'm just playing here. I'm enjoying it. I'm, having, I'm doing my thing here, and that's, that's the focus right now for this team. And, and that says a lot about a group that obviously is playing in their early portion of the career, very well can have their sights set somewhere else, yet they're thinking about the Cyclones rather than what's ahead. Well, I, I think you're programmed. I think when you're, you're, you know, you have a job to do. I mean, you know, I think a lot of these have so much pride. They all have so much pride. I don't care where you come from, what background you come from. I mean, you, you get to come to the rink every day and play hockey. So uh, whether you're playing for the Cincinnati Cyclones or the San Antonio Rampage or the Milwaukee Admirals or Whoever it is, I think you get to come to the rink every day and play hockey, and uh, you get an opportunity to work, and you get an opportunity to succeed. So, uh, I, I, I think from these guys' standpoint, we got great people on our team, we got great characters, we've got extremely amount of talent, and, and so from from their standpoint, they're right. You know, you you get an opportunity to walk through a, a, a rink every day. You get to walk through that U.S. Bank Arena. Some days, Northlands, <laughs> not as exciting. But uh, <laughs> generally, you get to walk through the U.S. Bank Arena every day, and you get to go to work every day and play hockey. That barn's got some history now at Northlands. Fun place to be. It's awesome. All right, let's get back to the hockey. Uh, the, the idea about team defense, I think, is one that uh, you can look at it two different ways. You can say, I want offense. Sometimes fans are, are more, what are you doing for me in the offensive end? But I think a lot of teams look back at, at seasons where they found success. Cyclones, I think, are, can, can say that they're one of those and, and point to defense as a reason for, for finding tremendous success. Ultimately, Kelly Cup championships are what you guys are looking to do. And at this stage of the year, you're one of the top defenses in the league. 
that's got to be a big testament to your group and also maybe not necessarily a change of philosophy, but you, you look at the way you've succeeded this year. Your team defense has been a major staple for that. Uh, absolutely. It starts with goaltending. We've got tremendous goaltending. I think uh, Brian Foster obviously starting the first uh, eight of nine and obviously coming in against Trenton and getting the win. So uh, winning nine uh, or seven, oh, and two to start the season. You know, Hauser coming in, Hetney found a way, found a way to win a couple. Um, so, yeah, our goaltending's been great. And I think uh, one thing that uh, early on, and, I, and we've stressed to this, this group recently, is that we, we blocked shots. Like, we were blocking shots and not letting anything get to the net. And uh, I think we have some individuals right now that are doing I think Connie hit about three and about one shift there the other night in yeah. Evansville. But, uh, you know, as a group, I think we're blocking shots. Uh, Ellie blocked a big one in Evansville last night. Um, but, you know, as a group, we, we're blocking shots and a commitment to defense. I think, uh, you know, as any time as a coach, you find, you know, maybe you're sliding in some ways. And I think there's recently, I, I'm not liking some things that are going on out there, but I think we still have the same people in place and the same commitment. It's just a matter of, adjusting and tweaking some things but uh you know I, i'm really happy where we're at where our goals against uh, i'm happy where our, our shots were against we've talked about it recently we, we we've been allowing way too many shots against uh which translates into our goaltender doing more work and more opportunity for goals so um, it's again, it's something that we, we talk about consistently. Uh, fair to point out, though, think about what he just said about the shots and how, how he's, his team has given up more than he's wanted to, yet you're still seventh in the ECHL coming into the day today. So, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously your statistics from the first, you know, 30 games or whatever are, are very, very strong considering that you have allowed the 34, 35, 36 shot range over the last few and are still seventh best in the ECHL. And I think that, you know, when you look at statistics, sometimes they're, they're more telling – uh, sometimes than other times, but that shot number, I mean, I know you talk about opportunities for the opponent to score. That That's one of those stats that sometimes really isn't overrated, but rather a real mark of where your team defense is. No, I agree, Nick. I mean, I think uh, whenever we got into situations, I think our goaltenders have bailed us out. I think our penalty kills come from, uh, you know, some, some shot blocking, of course, our goaltending, but you know, we talk about our defense, you know, every game, and I think some games we get away from it. There's some games that there's some grade-A opportunities, but at the end of the day, I think we're committed to playing defense. Well, we'll let you take a break for a couple of minutes. We'll take a timeout as well, and when we come back, we'll bring in the new Cyclones heavyweight, Andrew Conboy. He is standing by with us on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show on the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to CyclonesHockey.com. CyclonesHockey.com. Sorry about that. <laughs> We're back live on the Coors Light Jared Sculpey Show here on the Cyclones Radio Network. I'm Nick Brunker. We are obviously talking about hockey for the week. We have four games in five days to discuss. We will all get into that in just a bit with the new Cyclones uh, forward and heavyweight Andrew Conboy in just a second. Of course, the other big story of the day, at least in terms of promotions, is that today, by the end of the show, we are going to be giving away two passes on the PBR Party Express that's headed to Fort Wayne this weekend. A trivia question will be how we give those away, very similar to what we did before. I will tell you now that the trivia question involves the Orlando Solar Bears, a team the Cyclones will face for the first time in a long time on Wednesday. So get your thinking caps on in terms of that. And then in the next break, I'll give you the clue. And at the end of the show, we'll ask the question and offer up the answer. And whoever gets it correctly, or at least close to it, 
will be the winner. Of course, now I have a chance to introduce my next guest. He has taken over the fighting role on the team and has also has uh, developed a pretty nice relationship with Captain Matthew Aban. Please welcome in number 24, Andrew Conboy. Hi, guys. Welcome. All right, first thing, obviously, the obvious elephant in the room, as we alluded to, <laughs> jokingly, of course. Uh, I, I, let's go back to October. You visited Cincinnati as a member of the Titans, and fans will obviously remember you as, as a guy who tussled with Aubin, or, uh, the captain, Aubin. I understand that he jokingly requested an apology, or, or maybe requested is not the right word, demanded that you apologize before you could enter the locker room. Is that an accurate statement? I, I did hear that demand from uh, a little birdie in the locker room. Uh, so, yes, I did apologize before I stepped foot in the actual uh, U.S. Bank Arena locker room. It sounds like water's under the bridge. And he accepted, <laughs> yes. Uh, obviously, I think fans sometimes, you, you, you see fighters on one team. I think Mike Liambus is a great example. Uh, you, you, uh, fans here that, that have gotten to know him over the last few years kind of realize that as much as he is a very physical player, uh, animosity sometimes is the result when you're playing a guy like that. Yet, at the end of the day, business is business. So when you talk about fighting guys, you obviously being a fighter yourself, as much as there is that, that physical edge, you're gritty, you're trying to get guys, and if you fight, it's sometimes a hardcore fight. Yet, off the ice, you guys can be completely friendly and friends. It's, it's an on the ice versus off the ice role, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you never know where you're going to see that guy uh, down the road. He could be your teammate or, uh, you know, your friend even, and you might have to fight him on the ice. It's just you leave everything out on the ice and everything off the ice is obviously a whole different element. You can be uh, great friends. What's the best part uh, of assuming the role that you do? I mean, you know, you go into it any single night knowing that, you know, you may have to be a sheriff out there, as we've talked about with you on the air. But, and, and, you know, going into a place like Evansville where they've got a few tough guys themselves, I mean, every team has one or two. Well, what's the best part about being that guy on any given team, whether it's here or whether other teams that you played, you've been at? Well, I guess it's always the fans are you're probably the fans' most favorite player because that's what the fans like to see most of in hockey, I think. <laughs> oh, and the goals <laughs> if you're a goal scorer. So. And you picked up a big one for the Cyclones over the, uh, the first couple of games for you. I mean, talk about your, your role on the team for yourself. I mean, you see yourself as a fighter, no, but at the same time, just like Jared said, you want to get into the, into the slot and get some offense. Yeah, you, when you get your chances, you want to be able to put the puck away. You don't want to be just that fighter who uh, can't play. So I try to pride myself and be able to, you know, get some points here and there and be able to contribute on the offensive side. Were you always this type of a player, or is this something that you have adapted to over the course of your professional career and maybe as an amateur too? Uh, I think uh, more high school, you know, you can't really fight. So I obviously was a physical player always growing up, finishing my uh, checks. Uh, then in junior hockey in Omaha, uh, that's when my fighting uh, career kind of started. Uh, I took over the the heavyweight role, I guess you could you would call it. Right. On uh, each team I've been on since then, uh, except for in the American League, we actually had some true true heavyweights uh, that I got to see fight and fight against. Um, but yeah. You've spent some significant time in the American League. Jared alluded to it. You, you spent a bunch of seasons in, in Hamilton with the Bulldogs. And uh, for a guy in your role, what's the biggest difference playing the way you play up there versus down here? Is it, is it that much different because of the, of the level change? Well, obviously, they have four lines up there, so your minutes are going to be different each night if you're the playing just the fighting role. You're, right. you're on the fourth line, and uh, you're not getting many minutes. So when you get out there you get, and you get your chance, you have to you know, get your team uh, – team's momentum or the adrenaline on the bench going. 
Trenton, obviously, not the uh, most scenic place to play, uh, and, and that's you being kind. I guess the idea going into any season for a player like yourself is you're just trying you're trying to end up getting minutes. You're trying to find a way to get offense and, and like you said, be a role player on a team. Um, I mean, was it difficult going into a place like that and, and, and getting amped up to, to be out there? I mean, or is, once you step into that building, which incidentally is actually not a bad building uh, at the Sun Center, is it hard to get amped up in a place like that? Uh, obviously, when you see there's not too many fans there uh, on any given night, which we, we didn't have too many of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is tough to, you know, to get the adrenaline and get that. You know, you f we feed off the fans and sure. the noise you guys make, believe it or not. We can hear you guys, so <laughs> thank you. And when, when I come from Trenton to Cincinnati, it's ten times different, uh, the fans here, compared to there. So that's, that's all I what can really say. What was it like, uh, I, we mentioned with Jared earlier, about playing in front of that big of a crowd? Was that, was that the largest crowd you played in front of or, or close to it? That's the largest crowd I played in in over a year. So, yeah, it was fun to see and it was really fun to play in. I mean, you mentioned getting jacked up before a game. You know, uh, you, you mentioned how, you know, being out there with uh, a fan base like that certainly helps. Is there anything you do before games to maybe get yourself jacked up as well? Or are you just the kind of guy that goes out there and, and the game itself will help you get fired up? You know, I think I flip that switch once, uh, you know, after you hit warm-ups, you're, you're loose and... You know, like uh, Saturday night when there's 12,000 people there, we could hear you guys in our own locker room through the cement. So yeah. that's, uh, that'll get your adrenaline going. That's big. Um, obviously, we have, have started to tailor our show uh, towards the end of our player interviews with quick hitters. So I'm going to provide you with some of those. And then also, uh, since we have a 90s night coming up on Wednesday, along with Dollar Beers, of course, I'm going to you know maybe tailor something a little bit to that, too. But first, the quick hitters. Your favorite food is? Uh, pizza. What kind of pizza? Pepperoni. Is there a certain brand that you like, or is it just simply just whatever pepperoni pizza is available? Jets Pizza, Turbo Crust uh, with so ranch. So he, he's been thinking about this. Favorite, yeah. your, your favorite movie? Uh, that's really tough. I got a lot of fa uh, favorite. My favorite one I watched lately was uh, Fracture. Okay, okay. Favorite musical group or artist? Uh, Swedish House Mafia. Your favorite TV show growing up was? Probably The Simpsons. Okay. And between the following two shows, which one do you find to be more entertaining? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell. <laughs> do we all agree? Is that, a, is that a consensus? You can vote on Facebook. We actually have that poll question right now. All right. We're going to try to see how good, because you, you grew up, obviously, watching television. You said you weren't that big of a TV guy. Yeah, but, I was outdoors. But, you saw, but you saw TV. You watched, you watched some as a kid. Um, I'm going to play you th some theme songs from the 1990s, and I'm going to see if you can guess them. If you can get them correctly, that's great. If not, you can rely on your friends here in the crowd to help you out. Don't be afraid to help. <laughs> All right. Let's see. And don't peek. Don't peek. All right. Number one. Uh, uh, Under the Sea? Uh, Under the Sea? Is that uh, even a show? <laughs> Rugrats. That is correct. That is correct. All right. You're one for one. I think that was partially from the crowd, though. All right. Thank you. Let's see. Let's see. This one's a tough one unless you're listening to the lyrics. I'll play it anyway and see if you can get it. Ready? Modern Life. <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life. All right, I'm going to give you another. Uh, I'm going to try to give you a tough one. A tough one. Hang I think on. that was pretty tough. That was, was kind of tough. Uh, 
That was kind of, I kind of agree. That was pretty easy. All right, let me see if I can get another one up here real quickly. Um, this one's too easy. Are you ready, kids? Anything else? I'm not going to play anymore. SpongeBob? That is correct. All right, all right, all right. Let's see if we can, get, let's see if we can fool him. Let's see if we can fool him. Uh, let me look for a really tough one. I got like thousands here. This is awesome. This website's great. Um, all right, this is a good one. Or at least a tough one. Our world is in peril. Gaia, the spirit of the Earth, can no longer stand the terrible destruction plaguing our planet. Hang on now. She sends five magic rings to five special young people. From Africa, the power of... Any help here? All right. Anybody? Anybody? Any, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you ten more seconds. Five... What was it? It's it is not. No, no wonder twin powers. Kind of. It's that's close. That's close. Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Captain Planet and the Planeteers. All right, last one, and then we'll let you go. This should be a slam dunk, but we'll see. Um. There he is. All right. That's that's Andrew Convoy. Thank you for playing Thank with you us. Guys. Thank you for helping out as well. We'll take another break and come back with our next guest, which is Taylor Ellington. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. We're back live at the Tap House Grill in Kenwood. Glad you're with us. Nick Brunker back with you on the Cyclones Radio Network. We'll visit with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, again in just a couple of minutes. Uh, the next clue for the trivia question is, I'm going to ask how many times the Cyclones have won something. Details on that. That's the first clue. First clue against Orlando. Details on that coming up. A final clue at the next break. So, uh, without any further ado, we will welcome in our next guest who was just acquired recently from the Florida Everblades. Already has two points in his first three games with the Clones. Please welcome number six, Taylor Ellington. Welcome in. Thank you. Thanks for having uh, a few minutes to carve out of your day to, to spend with us. We appreciate it. I guess uh, the trade from Florida uh, happened relatively quickly. When did you hear about the news? Was it a quickly uh, quickly developing story? Did you you come in one day and said, hey, you're going to Cincinnati? Or how did it all go down? Uh, I was actually out to lunch, and I got a phone call. <laughs> and that's how I found out. But, yeah, it was something that, you know, I kind of knew something was happening. Sure. And, uh, you know, I was, I was thrilled when I found out I was coming here, and, you know, have a chance to play in Cincinnati. Coming back north where you've spent plenty of time, obviously, as Jared alluded to, you uh, spent a uh, great portion of the season in Kalamazoo, sent the, spent the end in Chicago. Uh, we'll talk about the North Division in a bit, but take me back to your early days. You're, you're a native of uh, British Columbia, and you, you had a chance to play out west to begin your career. And I got to think that both as an amateur and as a pro, being able to play close to home in that environment had to be helpful for you. Oh, definitely. Uh, well, it was... Uh, it was really close for my parents to come down when I played junior, and I was fortunate uh, enough to play f five years in the same place. So, you know, they got to come see a lot of hockey and uh, watch me progress in the game and as a, obviously a human, and, you yeah. know, it was really neat. What kind of things did you get to do out there? I mean, obviously a beautiful portion of, uh, of the country, and, and you get a chance to go out, maybe see some sights. And, you know, growing up there, maybe it's, it's not as interesting or exciting as, as those who may just go out there for a visit. Uh, what kind of things did you get to do in your spare time when you were out there? Uh, well, I do a lot of fishing, and so, you know, I would take the guys out fishing all the time, and uh, we do a lot of, like, steelhead fishing, like river fishing, so 
Yeah, the odd ocean too. So you know, that, that's a lot of stuff I like. I like the outdoors. So that's something I would do. You were a Vancouver product, uh, a draft pick of them. Were, are you a fan of the Canucks? Did you growing up out there? Were you oh, a Canucks I was fan? A huge fan growing up. Yeah. So, so that had to be just an amazing experience yeah. to be drafted by the team you were you were most excited about and you were close to. Definitely, definitely, it was a great experience. You know, um, getting to go to camp there and you know, just being in the system was awesome. Uh, what was it like for you to watch them for the first time in a long time get back to the Stanley Cup Finals? Obviously, uh, an unfortunate demise, but at the end of the day, they got to the to the finals playing for the Stanley Cup. What was it like as a fan of that team actually playing in their system, watching them go to the Stanley Cup? Uh, it was really neat. Um, you know, you, you know some of the guys, and you know it was great to see them get that far. Obviously, it was a shame how it ended and yeah. with the riot and everything that went on, but. Uh, you know what, they have a great team, and you know what, who knows? With shortened schedule this mm -hmm. year, you never know anything's possible, so maybe Vancouver can get their first Stanley Cup. You were called up, uh, obviously, you had a chance to play, uh, and in Vancouver, you were you were looking to, to try to make it up to the big club. You're playing in Kalamazoo, which was, at the time, their ECHL farm uh, system and their farm club. They, that's still the case now. Uh, and then your NHL rights were traded to Columbus, so therefore, you then switch teams in the North Division and headed down to Chicago to, to play with the Express for the end of the season. Uh, what was that experience like for you, being basically on the other side of the bench, on the other side of the ice, and at the end of the year trying to, to help uh, those teams try to make the playoffs? It was definitely different. Uh, you know what, I really liked uh, Kalamazoo. You know, I, I really liked the coach there and obviously was really close to all the players. So it was, uh, it was really different. That was my first trade, and so it was something I wasn't used to. But uh, obviously, you know, you, you got to play for the team you're on. And um, you know what? We went for a good run and obviously lost out in Cincinnati the tough, last tough game. Break, tough know? break, tough break, tough <laughs> break. But, you know, it was close. We were really close. But at the end of the day, you got to, to close out a franchise. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> you, went, you went out in a blaze yeah, of... Yeah, we did. Well, not, really, not so much glory, but yeah, for Cyclones no. fans, it was glory. Yeah. Um, what has been the most exciting experience for you or, or part of your career so far? I mean, we mentioned and alluding to the fact that you are from that portion of the country and, and uh, were drafted by the Canucks. Is there an area of your, uh, of your career, your experiences, that, that maybe uh, is floated to the top among all the others? Probably just my first pro game. Uh, you know, it was just so exciting, you know, to think that you're actually going to get paid you know, to play the sport you love. Right. And so. you've been doing it for such a long time as a kid growing up. I mean, I can't even imagine what that's like being, being you know, uh, able to look back at all those hours you probably spent playing either street hockey or ice hockey out, out in, in British Columbia, playing outside, you know, thinking about being able to play and, and do it for a living. Is it, does it sometimes, you know, become a situation where, where you have to step back and, and take a look at where you are and, and say, man, I can't believe I'm playing this game and getting paid for it. I mean, I, I got to think as a player, that sometimes is a humbling experience. Oh, it obviously, it's a very humbling experience, and you obviously can't take advantage of it because, you know, it can pass by quick. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just very fortunate to have, you know, the opportunity to do that. Yeah, and we talked about you being in Florida just a, a little bit off the top, being traded from there, a and you had a chance to, to play in the North last year. You played some games in the South this year. One of the things we've talked about uh, over the course of the many shows we've had, not only this year but in previous, is comparing the style of play to what goes on in the North Division versus what goes on and how things are played and, and you know, systematically how things are different in the South. Uh, having now been in both in recent times, is one better or different than the other for, for as a player like yourself? I would say um, I would say the, the North is a little bit more of a, a grinding game, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit more physical than down the South, definitely. 
Um, there's not much difference, but obviously this year's a different year with the local going on, right? Like more right. players were down here, so yeah, you know, it was good, really good quality hockey for a while there. So what's that like for you? I mean, uh, we've talked a little bit about it with it with uh, with Connie and others, but what's it like being in a scenario now where you know, you're looking at the NHL lockout and now as it's about to end uh, next week? What goes through your mind as a player knowing that, that all this shuffling that has been going on may just continue to get more confusing and more crazy over the next couple of weeks? I, I don't really think you can think about that. Yeah. You know, it happens every year. You know, yeah, the lockout's going to happen. You know, some of the stuff that should have happened earlier in the year with players going right. down is just going to happen now. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've played plenty of games in this league with four defensemen, right. you know, three lines of forward, whatever it is. You know, it happens in this league, and, you know, it's just something we're going to have to deal with. All right, we'll wrap your interview up with quick hitters, just like we did with Andrew Conboy. Your favorite food? I like pizza. Really? Yeah. That's two for two. <laughs> the same type of pizza? Pepperoni, or, is, or do you have another favorite? Um, yeah, pepperoni's good. Meat lovers. Okay, meat okay. Meat lovers, yeah. Again, I'll ask the same thing I asked, I asked Connie, which is, is there a brand that you like? Uh, there's a brand back home uh, called Romeo's. Okay. They're really good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sweeter sauce or, or how, I mean, what's the taste like? Because there are a lot of different pizzas in town. Have yeah. you had La Rosa's yet? Not La Rosa's, You no. should try La Rosa's yeah. pizza. Very good. Very good. Or Donato's, and a, a fine sponsor of yeah. the Cyclones as well. Oh, yeah. A little uh, shout out, yeah, eh? <laughs> have to. Have to. Favorite movie? Uh, Step Brothers. Okay. Favorite musical group or artist? Um, what's on your iPod that you like? I have everything. You name it, I have it. Country. Uh, Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw, Hip -hop. Eric Church. I'll throw Eric, Eric Church. Eric Church, Eric Church, Eric Church is, is very good. Know, yeah. Eric came to U.S. Bank Arena. You yeah. just, just missed it. Oh, we, I did? You wouldn't have seen it anyway. It was oh. preseason. But uh, um, tell me a little bit now about your favorite TV show growing up. Ooh. Um, now, you're from Canada, so I don't know what they play up there versus versus down here in the States. But uh, what it's called? <laughs> what <do you> well, <laughs> <laughs> Beachcombers. Beachcombers. Um, Gr growing up, I was probably a big. Uh, well, I really like Fresh Prince. I'll throw that. Okay, out okay, yeah. easy and answer since we talked show. about it. That's seventy show. Okay, yeah, growing up. All right, all right. Well. And um, I'll, I guess speaking of Fresh Prince, I assume that the answer to the following question to be Fresh Prince. But between the two, it's Fresh Prince over Saved by the Bell. Definitely. All right, we're gonna have an opportunity now to play the same game. We'll see how good you are. Connie was pretty good. He got a he got a pretty good amount of answers. But let's see <laughs> how how good our friend Taylor Ellington can do. No peeking. No peeking. All right. Here comes the first one. Yeah, I peeked. <laughs> I think it's going to work. Let's see here. Hang on. Trying to get it to work. Law and order. Wow. Yeah. That took like no time. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. King of the Hill. Two for two. Wow. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw him a curveball here. If he gets this one, wow, sorry. If he gets this one, I'm going to be impressed. I don't even think I know this one. No idea. No idea. No idea. All right. Let's see if there are anybody in the audience. No, no. That was a good guess. Close, close era, though. Very similar show. I'll give you a hint. Paul Reiser was in it. That is correct. That is correct. All right. All right. Maybe one more. Nice. All right. All right. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. Let's see if we can get one more. 
I'm gonna try to <laughs> I'm gonna try to fool him again. I don't know what's going on with the sound. I apologize. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Okay, this one would be good. If it's another hint, this show had multiple theme songs. Let it go for a little bit longer. I know what it is, but that, that's not the one I'm used to. That's Drew Carey show. Right? That is, yeah. that is, that's correct. All right, I think he did pretty well. I, I'm impressed that he he got a couple of the ones that I threw out there because there were some tough ones. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Yeah. Thanks a lot for being here, and uh, we'll hopefully see you get some more goals here before too long. Thank you. That's Taylor Ellington. We'll come back with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, one last time after this on the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. One last segment here on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Time for just a few more minutes before we wrap things up. Here is the question that we will give away the tickets for the correct answer. Uh, the Cyclones have played against the Orlando Solar Bears for a long time, at least going back to the old IHL days. They were eliminated from the Turner Cup playoffs in two. Jared Scaldi. Correct. No, 2001 <laughs> um, in a five-game series. The record for the Cyclones, obviously, is what we are looking for against Orlando. Obviously, that's a very difficult thing to guess, so I'm just going to very, make it very easy. The person who gets closest to the correct number I am looking for will win the tickets. Though, uh, Bear in mind, you have to be 21 to win and to go on the trip. How many wins over the all-time series against the Orlando Solar Bears did they have? We will let you think on that. You can Google. You can look it up. It may take you more than three minutes or so, but you can take a guess. You can take a guess. I'll give you another helpful hint. They've played less than 50 times, less than 50 times during regular season play. So think about that. Write it down or keep it in your head, and after the show, we'll be able to give those away in at the end of the, uh, end of the show. Speaking of the end of the show, I guess, Jared, you, you were hoping that we have – a question from the crowd. Well, it wouldn't be a show unless the Kyles have a question or a statement. So, uh, Mike Jr., Mike Sr., please ask a question. Any questions from the Kyles? The Kyles. It wouldn't be a show without the Kyles. Come on, Mike Sr. Come on, get up here. There make he a, goes. Make a statement. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. You got a statement to make. There he is. Not quite a question. Half statement, half question. What is the question? What happened in the second period when? Was it Evansville or in Fort Wayne? Saturday, Saturday against Fort Wayne, second period. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Anybody else got a question? <laughs> Good question, Mike. Um, yeah, 3-1 uh, lead. Uh, you know, that's the, the second goal, hit a skate, whatever, found a way, and then we allow a shorthanded goal to make it 3-3. I still yeah. felt going into the third, we're 3-3 in front of that crowd. We had every opportunity to win the hockey game. So, uh-oh, he's coming back for more. Um, can I finish this one, Mike? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? It was very disappointing. It was very disappointing to come out the way we did, to score that goal and be up 3-1 and then to be 3-3. But still going 3-3 in the third, 
to come out in the way we did and not lose that game was extremely disappointing in front of that crowd. You got another question. Go ahead. Fire away. Noah, are you have another one or are you good? He's good. Oh, he wanted front row seats to hear that He just answer. wanted to hear okay, the answer. Right. And he had good. to sit down for it, yeah, too. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, all right. Jared wants to play, before we, we wrap up the show, he wants to play the, uh, the theme song game. I'm going to give him one from the 90s and then go back to the, uh, the 1960s where he's probably most familiar. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right. Here's your first one. Let's see if you can get it. Frazier. All right. Good. I just want to see. He, he threw that out there earlier. All right. All right, let's see if I can get to the 1980s. How's that? 1980s? Did you watch a lot of TV in the 80s? Absolutely. All right, let's see. Here we go. <clears throat> Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to... 18. Yeah, easy. All right, that's, we'll, we'll try, to, try to get him a little tougher here. All right, here we go. Monday Night Football. Nope. Oh, gladiators. Yes, Gladiators. correct, correct. Okay, all right, all right. All right. Uh, well, I don't even know what that show was. All right, here we go. Here's this one. Cops. Okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> That's not the right one. <laughs> that's my favorite food, don't you, Brooks? What's your favorite food? <laughs> all right, last one, last one. I swear, this will be the last one we do. All right. Star Wars. Nope, that's, a, that's not a TV show, it's a movie. HBO After Dark. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I can't do that. Anybody else got it yet? I'm going to keep playing. Mike, Mike Kyles. The Kyles. They got it. They got it. Kyles. No. Nothing. What did you say? Elf? It was Alf. It, it was, was Alf. Elf. All right. Very good. That was, that was pretty good. You got those right away. It didn't even take you very long to do it. That was impressive. Well, good luck tomorrow night. Week ahead. Looking forward to Wednesday, it. Wednesday, Orlando Solar Bears. All right. The return of Mike Leambas. And, and 90s night. And 90s night. Don't forget. <laughs> that's why we were doing all the TV shows from the 90s at the beginning. All right. Now it's time to get the answer of the question. Come on up with your answers. How many Cyclones wins did they have all time against the Solar Bears? 16's the first guess. Anybody else want to offer up a guess? 27. 19. My money's on Joe. My money's on Joe. You say 20? What? 22. 24. 25. All right. We got 22. Yep, we got 22. The, the, last, the last couple of responses were the closest. Only one of you have been able to get it correctly. The correct number of wins and the winner of the PBR Party Express tickets for two is that man over there. 19 wins the Cyclones had. 19, 23, and 4. Nice. They will hopefully be able to Sweet. pick up win number Sweet. 20 on Wednesday. Thanks, for everybody, for uh, coming out. And nice. appreciate you, the support tonight. We'll hopefully see you down at U.S. Bank Arena coming up on Wednesday. For Jared Scald, the Andrew Convoy, Taylor Ellington, I'm Nick Brunker. We'll see you downtown on Wednesday. This is the Cyclones Radio Network.